And it's Live at Five Sports. Jim Suhan normally joins Todd Bergeth, who's out ill this week, building in for Todd. And we're brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. And, well, last night the uh, Timberwolves actually let the uh, B and part of the C squad of the Dallas Mavericks uh, stay with them, Jim. Uh, that was an interesting first half. Yeah, almost almost expected uh, the way this Timberwolves season's gone. They've won a good percentage of games against lesser teams and teams who have been resting their stars, but it isn't always pretty. They don't always win, and it isn't always pretty when they do. Uh, so they get out, and it's almost predictable. You come off the road, you come off a big road victory against a primary rival where you played great and had to play four really hard quarters. You come home, everybody goes out and runs all their honeydew errands, and then it has to go to the arena and kind of get refocused, and they didn't play a great first half. But they still end up winning by blowout. We, have, we just have to be realistic. You, know, if you blow out another NBA team under any circumstances, that's a good win. You don't have to play your starters much in the fourth quarter. That's a big win. Um, and they won with Anthony Edwards really not pushing himself offensively, just passing the ball and playing great defense. And this is the second straight game where the defense has been spectacular. Um, they hold a great offensive team in Oklahoma City at Oklahoma City under 100 points. That's a big win. Then last night against a lesser opponent, they just throttled Dallas in the second half and ran away for a big victory. So, you know, you're, just, you're not going to win by more than 27, 37 points very often. It's still a good win. Yeah. Well, you know, it was almost amazing to have 88 points a game not suited up for the game for the Mavericks. And, you know, they've been kind of struggling of late here. Is Is it been injury issues or are they just, you know, kind of just having a, a tough stretch here right now? They've had some injuries. They had some games where they've rested Doncic or Irving or both. Also, it's not a deep team. Um, you know, they they really need Doncic especially, but also Doncic and Irving, to play well and play well together for them to be a good team. It's not a particularly good defensive team. They don't have a lot of functional size, um, and they don't play good team defense. So they really need to outscore you with their stars having big games, and that's hard to sustain over a long season. They're still, having, they're still a pretty good team. They're having a pretty good season. But I don't I, – and Doncic in any – any given playoff series, Doncic could go absolutely bonkers along with Irving and make, and be really difficult to beat. But over 82 games, they just their, de- their lack of defense and the fact they're going to rest their stars is going to cost them. Yeah, I saw where Jason Kidd said that Doncic is a, a better all-around player than uh, Dirk Nowitzki, and that's that's saying something. Yeah, and Dirk was great, and Dirk was the best player on an NBA championship team. Uh, we don't know if Luka's ever going to get to that height in terms of leading a team to a championship there, you know, obviously there are all kinds of other things that have to fall into place and the Western conference is stronger now than it was then. Uh, but Dirk was a great player. You know, Don just is a, probably a better all around player. He can score like Dirk. He's probably a better passer. Uh, he's harder to even harder to guard. Uh, he's just as creative with his shot selecting. So I don't think kids wrong, but if you're, you know, if you're trying to compare what their teams will accomplish, I just I doubt I don't that we're gonna, I don't know that we're going to see Luca win a championship because of the roster construction and the strength of the Western Conference. The uh, final spots for the All Star uh, NBA All Star team will be announced, I believe, tonight. And now, is it the end of the week? Whatever team is in the lead, then at that point, is that their coaching staff that will coach the respective conferences? I believe that's the case. So Chris Finch, obviously, there's a chance he'll be coaching the All Star game. By the way. 
If anybody's in town this weekend, uh, Chris Finch will be our guest on the John Krasinski Show at TalkNorth.com. Headflyer Brewing, 7 p.m. Saturday, Headflyer Brewing in Minneapolis. Chris Finch is going to spend half an hour or so with us. Uh, so, yeah, he very well could be the, uh, the NBA Western Conference All-Star coach. I think that uh, Edwards, Gobert, and Towns are all deserving of All-Star spots, but the Western Conference is so deep, I don't know if all three are going to make it. Do you think maybe two out of three, though, possibly? I would guess so. Mm-hmm. I would guess that they would be they would get to at least two spots in the Elster team by you know going into with the best record in the West. Well, the Gopher women found out last night, and I don't know what they really expected. I don't think they expected though to be uh, blown out uh, as 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 they were without their leading scorer. And she's out for the year, isn't that correct? Yeah, they said indefinitely, but it, re, re, in reality, everybody expects her to miss the rest of the season. Mara Braun, uh, Shanae, you know, Sanders ended up uh, stepping into the lineup. She's a, a solid player. She can get to the rim. She's a creative driver. But they're missing Braun's three-point shooting. They're missing her defense, uh, her free-throw shooting. And Penn State's really good. Penn State's on a really hot streak. I think they've won six or seven straight now. So that was a tough, you know, going to Penn State without your best player, you probably weren't going to win that game. Uh, two things that really jumped out, though, they only made 10 of 20 free throws. Um, you know, they make five more free throws, then maybe it's a little more competitive game. Also, 15 turnovers. Uh, and Amaya Battle had a bad game uh, in terms of turnovers, and they weren't as effective from the three-point line of that Maribron. So they're much more limited without her. Uh, and it's and sad because I think this team seemed like a week, a week or two ago, you could have said this team seemed poised to – make a run to the NCAA tournament, I just don't see it happening, happening without Braun. Now, I see where Iowa went over or scored 100 points last night, and uh, I don't know just how many uh, Clark had, but I'm sure it was plenty. I think she had 35. She's averaging like 32 points and seven assists or something like that. She's ridiculous. Uh, she is one of the greatest college basketball players of all time, um, and she's spectacular, and she accepts the fact that she's kind of, you know, championing championing uh, women's sports and women's college basketball, women's basketball in general. Uh, she's a great ambassador in that way. It, it's, just, it's just a great story that kid grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, and, uh, and ended up playing for a local team, ends up becoming basically a superstar. Yeah, and getting quite a bit of uh, NIL and commercial endorsements, it seems like. Uh, you know, it'd be a natural that she's with Hy-Vee and State Farm and, and uh, some of these, you know, Midwest companies. Yes, and... Uh, you know, it'll be fascinating, too, because, you know, she's probably making more as a college athlete than she will make as a WNBA player. Now, she'll get some endorsements, too, in the WNBA, and that'll help. But it's pretty fascinating where women's sports are right now, where, you know, an individual college basketball player can make more uh, than maybe some WNBA team rosters. Yeah, it is crazy. Well, uh, the NFL, uh, you know, they've got uh, the Pro Bowl games coming up uh, this weekend. But, uh, you know, not maybe quite the quick movement as far as hiring some of these new coaches than we anticipated. And uh, is Bill Belichick going to continue to coach in the NFL, do you think? Well, we're talking on Thursday morning, and news just broke that uh, the commanders are going to hire Dan Quinn, the former uh, Dallas defensive coordinator, former Atlanta Falcons head coach. And that wraps up the head coaching positions in the NFL so Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, two first ballot Hall of Fame coaches, are, did not get hired in a year where everybody was looking for coaches. It's fascinating. Uh, with Pete, I'm sure it's his age, because he's still very sharp, uh, still very active, very 
Uh, he, he, Pete's a blast. He's a great personality. He's a great coach. So I really think he's being discriminated against because of age. Belichick, uh, we don't know exactly why he didn't get hired, and it might have been different reasons for different teams. Some might have not wanted to give him personnel control. Some might not like his personality or want him to be kind of the, the alpha male in the office. Uh, some might look at his team performance last year and say, why would we hire somebody who couldn't win last year? But it's fascinating. Because there's no doubt he's still a great coach. They're both great coaches, and they didn't get hired. It's a, it, it, and, you know, it's really a copycat league. A lot of the NFL owners don't really know football, so they just do what they see other teams doing. And I, I just think everybody's looking for their own Sean McVay, their own young guy who's going to come along and, and kind of, uh, you know, dominate the league for a couple of years. And, and Belichick and Carroll are capable of doing that too, but they seem to want the young guy. Boy, it was sure fun to see that uh, little clip of uh, Belichick and uh, and Nick Saban when they were both coaching the Cleveland Browns. Uh, how much younger they looked back in the day. Yeah, uh, well, these these people work incredible hours under incredible stress. I'm amazed more of them don't age more quickly than they actually do. Um, and you know, the thing about that Browns team is, you know, Belichick went in took over a bad team that was still relying on Bernie Kosar as an old beat-up quarterback, and he became very unpopular by getting rid of Kosar. The reality is when Belichick got fired, not because of the way he was coaching, he got fired because the owner sold and the team moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens, and the, the new owners wanted to have their own people in place. But Belichick and Saban were turning that Browns team around. They were heading in the right direction when, when the team moved and they got fired. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Well, uh, Jim, we're just about out of time. I know uh, Viking fans uh, are still, I think, uh, undecided as to who they uh, want their quarterback to to be and what moves the front office should make. Uh, that probably would make for a show on itself. Yes, I do a podcast with Jeff Diamond. Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. He's the former Vikings general manager. He's been great on the podcast, breaking down the fact the Vikings actually not only can they afford to sign Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson and Justin Jefferson, but they will actually be in better cap space if they sign them to massive deals, but they can structure them in a way that will free up cap space. And if they lose cousins, they actually get hit with 28 million in dead cap. So they actually benefit financially by signing cousins. It's fascinating. They benefit financially uh, in terms of salary cap by signing Jefferson to a huge contract. And then they, those things would create plenty of space to sign Daniil Hunter and still have room for free agent signings. So it's it's really a fascinating thing, the way the uh, NFL salary cap works. Boy, that's, uh, that's some encouraging news for uh, those that uh, bleed purple. Jim, thank you so much. Great talking with you. Have a good day. Great. Thank you, Bill.